If um, we examine the story of the Megillah, there, there's a sequence to the events, right? The first two prakim, the introduction to the story, are, are there to demonstrate how Hashem created Rufuah, Kaidim Lamaka. Kaddish Baruch Hu put Esther in place. He, saw, he, he uh, organized that Vashti should die so that Esther should take her place. And it was only once that Esther was manipulated into her place was that then the decree happened, which is the concept of Rufuah, Kaidim Lamaka. Kaddish Baruch Hu had already uh, designed the whole thing just as a, a way for us to get closer to Him. Uh, that's why the Rafu is there uh, first. And it tells us how Achishverish, you know, how the, the Mordechai took, uh, I'm sorry, how the decree took place and how Mordechai found out about it and he understood how, ba- how bad it was. And then there's a whole conversation of back and forth between Mordechai and Esther. Should she go to Achishverish? Should she not go to Achishverish? And it's important to understand that for Esther to go to Achishverish, there was a lot on the line. Uh, what she says is that she's risking her life to go to Ahasuerus because it was really a fool's thing, foolish thing to do. Uh, and he had not called in anybody into his room for 30 days, not even her, and clearly didn't want to be visited, and it was punishable by death if he came without invitation unless he, he uh, excused you. So you were, you were basically, the, with nothing happening, you would die unless he chose to excuse you, and he certainly didn't seem to be in that mood. So that was one issue that she had. But she also is hints at another issue, which the Gemara explains to us, Kashra Avadati Avadati, that by her going willingly to Achashverosh, she was also destroying uh, herself from a spiritual perspective. Because she, till now, was forced to live with Achashverosh. She hadn't done anything willingly. It was all forced. She was taken, she was taken against her will, and whenever it is that he wanted to be with her, it was against her will. So it was an Aynes, an Aynes Rachmanapatre. It wasn't considered like she did it. But here was the first time, or true, she was doing it because the tzaddik told her to do it, and she was doing it because it was the right thing. But nonetheless, she was willingly going to be together with a uh, with a Russia with a, with a guy, and she was, according to Chazal, married to Mordechai. So this was essentially quite a significant sin. Uh, and if she was doing it willingly, and this was in, ter- in her eyes, Kasha Avadati Avadati, I'm destroying myself spiritually. So not only am I risking my life physically, which didn't mean that much to Hester, true that she would be very happy to die, Al-Kiddush Hashem. That was not a big deal for her. But what was the more important and, and significant part of this was that she was giving herself up on a spiritual level for the sake of, of uh, saving the Jews. Now, the, this begins, this whole process begins after the discussion she finishes with Mordechai. It says, Tilbash Esther Malchus, which literally means she clothed herself in her royal garments in order to go uh, meet Ahasuerus. But the Gemara in Mesachus Megillah says that it should have really said, Vatilbash Esther Bigde Malchus. She should have put on the clothing of uh, the royal clothing. And it doesn't say that, it just says Malchus. So the Gemara says that this teaches us that Esther was a prophetess. She was an, uh, a, a Nevi'ah. This is Esther was one of the seven Nevi'ahs. And Vatilbash Esther Malchus means she clothed herself with Ruach HaKadosh. So this is the point in Esther's life when she was uh, she became the level of a prophetess, one of the only seven in history and actually the very last one. She was the last uh, prophet, pro- prof- woman prophet that existed after uh, then prophecy ended with her. So the question is, though, what kind of nevuah was she doing and what was this moment that she became a nevuah right now? What did she even prophesize? We don't have any record of what she said. So 
it's interesting. I, I, you know, I researched this to see what is the explanation. Why was it that she got prophecy at this point? What prophecy did she say? And there's very scant material on it. But from what I was able to understand and what seems is, it seemed to make sense, is that what she was doing, which is she was giving herself in the most giving herself up in the most extreme fashion possible. She was both, as I said, destroying herself uh, physically. She was giving herself up al Hashem. She didn't know if she would survive the ordeal. She assumed that Hashem would kill her. And she was giving herself up spiritually, meaning even should she survive physically, she most certainly was destroying whatever life she would have with Mordechai. She was destroying herself on a spiritual sense because she was... Uh, willingly agreeing to live with Achashverosh, and that was the ultimate in humility that's possible. A person she totally demolished any sense of ani, any any sense of self uh, importance was all given away for the sake of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, for the sake of Klal Yisrael, and that's the point when a navi when a person could become a navi. Uh, uh, for a person to be a Navi, for a person to prophesy, they have to be a conduit for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, message. And if there's any part of a person himself mixed into it, it's a blockage, and they can't be a conduit for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So it's only when she achieved this phenomenal level, right, this monumental level of, of bittel, of, of totally giving herself up, is when prophecy resided upon her. Now why did she need prophecy? The prophecy that she prophesied was with her actions because she did things that nobody understood. Uh, the Gemara Megillus tries to figure out what was her reasoning when she invited Achashverosh and Haman to attend the party. And the Gemara gives no less than, I think, something like 19 reasons uh, for it. And, and each one of them... Uh, is true. The Gemara says that she that, that someone met Eliyahu Anavi. One of them, Arai, met Eliyahu Anavi and asked what was Esther actually thinking, and he said that all of those went into her calculation. So, in order for her to do what she was doing, she couldn't do it alone, and she couldn't do it without that level of Ruach HaKadosh, with literally a Kaddish Baruch Hu speaking through her, guiding her actions directly with uh, as if Hashem had told her specifically what to do, that was the only way she could come up with such a, a uh, divinely inspired plan, which ultimately was successful. And it wasn't something that made sense it should be successful. It was doomed to fail, actually, at every step of the way. She, When she went into Achashverosh, he would have killed her, he should have killed her. They need, it, it required, as the Gemara explains, numerous malachim to save her life and to, to, to get her to the next step. When Haman was finally pointed out, when he was outed by Esther, there was numerous steps in those parishes where Achashverosh did not want to kill Haman, and there was one thing after the next, with Malachim cutting down trees, and then another Malach pushing him on the bed. So there was so much divine intervention, which Esther could not possibly have come up with on her own, and it was only through the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was guiding her actions through this Ruach HaKadosh that clothed her. So it was due to the fact that she totally was mevatel herself, she totally gave herself up, and she allowed herself just to be possessed, so to speak, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, that she was ultimately successful. And what's fascinating is that if you look at the contrast between that and the Haftairah, Parshat Zohar, which is Shaul. And Shaul is given the commandment to wipe out Amalek, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's commandment directly through Shmuel and Apostle in the Torah. And he wrestles with it. He can't come to terms with it. 
Um, the Gemara says, Benachal, he, he couldn't justify in his mind killing out the men, the women, children, the, the, the livestock, and, and as a result, he uh, made a mistake, and he didn't fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will in entirety. So the solution to that, so to speak, the antidote to that mistake, which ultimately, when Shaul made that mistake, that gave strength to Amalek, because that's the kind of thing Amalek feeds off, that confusion, that lack of clarity, Esther did the extreme opposite. She totally was mevatel herself, she gave herself over to what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted, even though it didn't really make sense. She argued it with Mordechai on every level. She argued it doesn't make sense from a physical standpoint, doesn't make sense of it doesn't make sense from a spiritual standpoint, and at each step Mordechai countered, no, this is what Hashem wants you to do, so she totally gave herself into that, and that was the ultimate antidote for what Shaul had done, and that was the way she was successful against Amalek, only when we truly just accept what it is that Akash Baruch wants from us. That kind of bitl makes us live the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live. In, a, in Esther's case, it was literally the divine spirit, the, the, the prophecy was guiding her every move, and in our lives as well, the more we can bring ourselves to just try to accept what it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, the more we will be zeicha to divine inspiration, to make the right choices, and to do the right things. Have a uh, uh, good night, wonderful Shabbos, and uh, Freyel Chupurim.